Hi, motherfuckers. These motherfuckers sound like some Russian dudes is like John Wick's boys. Those are the movie monks. We're here to tell you about this fucking movie. But, all right. Um, everybody, I just went to see John Wick 4 today. It's like the first time in my daughter's lifetime that I've been to see a movie on release day. Uh, it doesn't happen. So what I wanted to do is real quick, do like a short, spoiler-free, completely spoiler-free review of the film so you can decide if you want to go see that shit or not. So John Wick 4, obviously, if you're a John Wick fan, you're probably going to go see this movie anyway. You don't give a fuck what I have to say, and uh, nor should you. But if you're on the fence, let me help you get over that fence a little bit. So obviously it's the fourth in a series. If you haven't seen the first three, then this one's not going to make shit for sense for you. So you need to watch the first three first. Go to Redbox or whatever. Stream them shits on uh, on wherever. I don't know what fucking streaming service. HBO or whatever the fuck they're on. Go stream them shits and then go see part four. But I'm assuming you've seen one through three. If you like them well enough, well... This is going to be more of the same. That's probably the worst thing that I can possibly say about it is it's more of the same. It's good and bad. It's a double-edged sword. Um, the, the John Wick films have been surprisingly good quality throughout. I mean, it's rare that a, a franchise of films can make it to its fourth mainline entry over the course of about 10 years or so. I think they've been making these films. I think they released the first one in 2014. They filmed it in 2013. So look, it's been a decade that they've been releasing John Wick films and uh, they've maintained a very high level, high degree of quality throughout. So you got to give them that. Absolutely got to give them that. And um, this one, more of the same. Um, it's the same same production team. So you've got the same producers. Uh, uh, Keanu Reeves himself is one of the producers. And, and so that's been consistent across the four films and they've had the same director across all four films. The director's name is Chad Stileski. Stileski? Stileski? I don't know. Chad the Polak. That's what we call him around these parts. Chad the Polak with a name like Stileski. Come on, he's not Mexican, guys. Uh, Stileski. Chad the Polak. And he is quite a Chad. I mean, he's directed all four John Wick films. And um, I think to to uh, great success. So they've maintained quality. And with each iteration, they've actually gotten higher reviews and made even more money. So the first John Wick film, 86% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's a very solid rating, particularly for an action film. $43 million take. John Wick 2, $92 million take. So more than double the box office of the first one, 89%. So it moved up a couple of notches. Not super common for a sequel. John Wick 3 almost doubled the $92 million of John Wick Part 2 at $171 million. 89%, so almost 90% Rotten Tomatoes. The mind blower here is that John Wick 4 is sitting at 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's jumped up 10% over the first John Wick film. Look, guys, I hope this makes my point. These films have been very consistent in terms of quality. They've been very high quality. It's quite clear that everybody put in a lot of work. Keanu Reeves himself put in a ton of work. You know, hopefully I've proved my point that, that these movies have stayed consistent and made even more money. And uh, that's not something you see very often. A lot of times 
you don't make four movies and have them all maintain this level of quality. So that can be said. And like I said, the worst thing I've got to say about this movie is it's, it's more of the same. They still manage to keep it fairly fresh. I will give them that in all of these movies. It's just two plus hours. This one's like two and a half hours. John wick four is fairly long. I think it's two hours and 49 minutes is the runtime that includes credits, but still piss before you go into that bitch. Cause, or bring a, bring a big cup to piss in because you're going to need to urinate halfway through this thing. It's a long film. Um, but I will say in its favor, it doesn't feel overly long. It doesn't feel bloated. And you know, it is saying something for a movie that you can watch a guy shoot people in the face for two and a half hours. And it's the fourth time you've done it. Cause he's, you've watched the other three movies where he's spent two plus hours shooting people in the face. And yet it doesn't feel stale. It still feels inventive. There still feels like there's new things that there, I mean, look, there's only so many ways you can shoot a guy in the neck and face, but it still feels like they're attempting to be inventive with set pieces and with a lot of the action. I don't know how much longer they can keep it up. There is a John wick five in, in, uh, development according to the internet. So, uh, you know, I don't know how they're going to continue to pull it off, but all signs are pointing to John wick for making, a metric fuck ton of money. The previews were um, a franchise high setting. That's the Thursday night showings were like $10 million off just the Thursday night, like the midnight showings the night before release night. So it's a franchise high. I think, you know, we're coming off of pretty dismal box office run of other movies. There's just not a lot of other things that are really that great going on for the past several months. I mean, we got, some Marvel films that have kind of flopped and, and been sort of duds, things like Ant-Man, Quantumania didn't really have like the staying power. It doesn't seem like people are really digging that. I think uh, I think people are like hungry. I think everyone's vagina is moist for John Wick 4. I think people are like ready to get John Wick in their, in their bodies, inside them. And with good reason. I mean, look, you're, you're going to continue to receive the level of quality that you did get from the first three John Wick films. But to say a little bit more about that, the quality is good. I mean, leaving the movie, talking to my wife about some of the plot, I mean, she rightfully so points out that there are some thin spots, like uh, my brother Cameron's hairline. I mean, his his whole, the whole head is very, very thin. That's the John Wick plot for you. It's like a comb over, like Homer Simpson. It's not a very, it's a pretty threadbare plot. I mean, oh yeah, John Wick had a, a wife that died. I, it's like you got to remind yourself, like that emotional core is is not as uh, present. Um, and you know, he's just still killing. Like somehow, there's just hundreds more people. Every movie, there's just hundreds more people. They just line up to keep trying to kill him. You'd think they'd learn their lesson and they'd say, Nah, you know, he's already killed three hundred guys. What do I want to be three hundred and one? I'm just gonna fucking. I'm I'm not gonna fuck with this John Wick guy. But somehow. He still managed to have guys send guys at him. And, you know, there's a lot going on. There's not a lot of um, explanation for how, um, you know, these guys are able to, like, get across borders of countries. I don't know if they got visas. Is it all underground? I mean, it, you get the idea that it's all underground and these people don't move through normal channels. They don't show their passports at an airport and get patted down. I mean, you get the idea that there's some somehow – all of these secret assassins get to move. They can go from New York to Japan to Berlin to France, and they can still they can 
globe trot without any of the normal bullshit that we have to deal with as normal human beings. Somebody's got to um, rub my balls uh, to make sure I don't have like a bomb strap to me. Meanwhile, uh, the guy who's going to, he's like going to Berlin to kill a hundred people there. Um, don't worry about him. So, uh, you know, yeah, there's, there's thin plots. There's th- thin spots to the, the John Wick plot, all of the John Wick films. You could complain about some of the logic, but you shouldn't. You really shouldn't. You shouldn't bother because it's not that type of film. The the wonderful thing about the John Wick films, the one of the best things I can say for all of the films and is very true of this fourth one is that they are very much in the um, vein, in the style. They owe a debt uh, to the 1980s Hong Kong cinema explosion of action films. Um, I was a young man. I was 13, 14, watching these these. Films like Hard Boiled, uh, Better Tomorrow, things with Chow Yun Fat, things with um, uh, John Woo as the director. I mean, there were this tremendous boom of super creative, but very stylized, hyper violent action films, shoot 'em ups, where um, if you haven't seen them, please, you owe yourself a favor. Go watch The Killer, go watch A Better Tomorrow, go watch Hard Boiled. All John Woo films starring Chai Yun Fat made in the 1980s in in Hong Kong before John Woo or Chai Yun Fat um, came over to the U.S. to make films over here. And you can see very much how that evolved into John Wick that we get today. We get this hyper-violent but still hyper-stylized action set pieces where one guy manages uh, not to get shot despite... 100 people shooting at him simultaneously and then still manages to kill all 100 people and somehow go home. And it defies logic, but that's the thing. I mean, we're not watching a dramatic film that's that's uh, like meant to withstand uh, scrutiny on its plot. We're, we're watching something almost for the visual spectacle alone. I mean, you could put the thing on mute if the soundtrack weren't so damned important as well. During all the action scenes, you need that music. You need that pulse pounding. You need the the uh, sound effects of the gunfire and stuff like that. But you do, you sure, you don't need dialogue. I mean, you don't need, they could just chop out all the, like, the story parts because those are pretty few and far between anyway. And frankly, that's not why we're here. That's not the benefit of a, of a John Wick film. Um and this one is every bit of a spectacle as uh, part two and part three were. The 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 action is frenetic. It, again, just like those 80s Hong Kong films. And do yourself a favor and go watch those. Go check those out. But, I mean, really, there's, there's this uh, very pleasing visual style. I mean, the, the, the colors are all pretty well saturated. There are uh, – there's some really beautiful framing. I like the photography. I mean, it's for a movie where, like, 300 people get shot in the face – and a dog rips out at least four dudes' throats and one dude's nuts. It's it's actually a really pretty beautiful film in the way it's shot, of course. So and it's not going to get recognized, of course, at any kind of Academy Awards. But it's actually very pleasing visually, especially if you don't mind watching some guy get stabbed through the hand very close up and like slowly pull his hand out of the blade. It's uh, it's I actually had to cover my eyes. I'm, I am a 12 year old girl and I did have to cover my eyes during that part. But what I will say is that there is a very uh, pleasing visual style. It extends to the mise-en-scene. There's always in the John Wick films, a lot going on on screen, which is probably for the best anyway, because if there's not a lot going on screen, 
you start to notice that there's like four guys that aren't doing shit while, while John wick is killing this one guy. And there's a dude that's sort of like over here in the corner. And like, he's like, uh, he's flailing around. Like he's getting ready to kill John wick, but there's really nothing stopping him from like running up and kicking John wick in the asshole while, while John wick is, is fucking with the other dude. So, you know, it's probably for the best that there's all this stuff going on. It's like, ah, you know, it's, there's just a lot, uh, and it's again, it's very like hyper stylized. There's a lot of uh, non diegetic music playing. Sometimes it's diegetic music. I mean, there's a scene in the first John Wick, I believe, where he goes to try to get the guy in the club, and of course, there's it's a club. They're playing electronic music, so there's a diegetic music. But but even when there's not a a, a club play a DJ playing something at a club, a uh, shout out DJ Century, you still get. Um, you still get some non-diegetic music. So it's like pulse pounding kind of here's a soundtrack for John wick to just be shooting people and stabbing people and, and stuff like that. So you can really tell everyone's working hard. I mean, I I've got to give them credit too for the, the work I mentioned that these films are high quality, but let me dig into that a little bit and tell you why I consider these films to be very high quality. Um, just take a look at how hard everybody's working. Do a little research. Look at some of those behind-the-scenes videos of Keanu Reeves training for this. You know, the guy does as many of his own stunts as he can. I mean, he's like our very own Caucasian Jackie Chan. The guy's going to do whatever he can do. He's learning all of the gunplay. He's learning how to drive the cars, how to do the, you know, the reverse into the, like, forward and then keep going at 90 miles an hour. The fact of the matter is he's really committed as an actor and you, you really get the idea that as a producer of the film, I mean, his name's on the thing. He really wants to provide a high quality piece of entertainment. So I've got to hand it to them. And you see that in scenes there is um, there's a particularly there's, there's two particularly ingenious scenes. And again, this is spoiler free. So I'm not going to tell you what happens. I'm just going to sort of set things up, tee them up for you to, to let you know um, how they express the, the quality in the the craftsmanship of this film, there's one scene where, of course, John Wick, as as with the other three movies, he's fighting against a sea of oncoming uh, people wishing to kill him to claim a bounty on his head. There are waves of people that are uh, rounding every corner to to try to kill him, and he's outnumbered and outgunned. And uh, the camera follows him through a space and it's kind of a bird's eye view shot and uh, you get one long continuous tracking shot. So you, you really get to see how they put all of the staging together and you got to nail that, you know, if it's five minutes and this was about a five minute long single shot where there's action occurring everywhere on the screen and Keanu Reeves has to hit every single mark and every single guy that's coming at Keanu has to hit every single mark perfectly for five straight minutes in order for the shot to work. Otherwise cut, you got to start over from the beginning, go back to your original places, everybody, and you got to do it again. So these long shots, the long continuous shots, I know they're assisted by CG these days. I don't know how much assistance they got in this particular shot from CG, but I've got to say that uh, the, the long continuous tracking shots are still incredibly impressive and you have to admire. I mean, you don't always notice it as a lay person, but really you have to admire the craftsmanship that goes into that in creating a long drawn out sequence. Cuts are easy. Rapid fire cuts are really easy because you only have to keep your shit together for about one second or two seconds. Cause if the camera's cutting a whole bunch, they can just whack together the best one or two seconds that they got. It doesn't matter if you fuck up. You don't have to go back to the beginning of a five-minute sequence and start all over again. So 
we got to give it to them for that. And then there's another spot where the, the staging is, is pretty incredible. There's a spot where uh, John Wick, of course, again, many people are trying to kill John Wick. Obviously, that's what the movie's about. Uh, they're all coming after him. But there's traffic. They're fight. They're they're doing the car chase scene, and they they get out, and they're in the middle of traffic, and there's like the highway, and the cars are whizzing by, and they're having to fight in and amongst the traffic. They're like weaving in and out uh, of the cars that are going 50 miles an hour, and you know, obviously, some of the the baddies aren't so lucky, you know, some of them get squished. But the idea is that, and there's more cuts here in this scene, but but it's still, you know, you have to you know envision this whole scene. You have to. And then you have to shoot this thing. And they probably had a lot of CG help here with the cars and stuff whizzing by, whizzing past Keanu Reeves' face. But it's a really pretty incredible sequence with the, the type of ingenuity that comes into putting the whole thing together, but then you know filming it and, and getting all the shots you need and then realizing it, even if, even if there's digital technology involved. So I have to say, there's a very high quality level to uh, the action scenes. And again, you're not watching this for the story. It's not Shakespeare right? You're definitely not watching it for the dialogue. The dialogue is as horrible as it's ever been. But honestly, I don't want good dialogue from a John Wick movie. It's a John Wick movie. It's not supposed to have much dialogue and what little is there isn't supposed to be any good. So, you know, you get more of the lore. I got to say that's not, that hasn't always been my favorite thing, the high table and stuff. But honestly, John Wick became a superhero. It became a superhero, uh, franchise after the first one the first one that's more of like a thriller hitman kind of pot boiler like crime once he started getting on planes and going to other sides of the world and there's the high table and this and that and the italian folks and everything and you got the bulletproof kevlar suits and they just all you have to do is just duck your head inside a blazer and suddenly you're fucking iron man bullets bounce off you what i'm saying is it became a superhero series of movies with the second film but that's fine too because what are we here for bright lights big explosions dudes getting shot dudes getting stabbed dudes getting thrown off of buildings dudes getting their throats ripped out by dogs getting their nuts ripped off by dogs getting stabbed through the hand getting stabbed through the eye getting stabbed in the heart with a big sword fucking fighting with katanas and shit that's what we're here for we're here for the spectacle the visual spectacle and i gotta say they did a great job putting it together. This is a great film. Uh, if you're a John Wick fan, then what are you even still doing? Push stop on this. Go watch the film. If you're a fan of action movies in general, uh, you might not be a huge John Wick fan. I still think it's well worth watching. There's some great, like I said, there's some great action sequences. There's uh, really awesome uh, martial arts as well as like gunplay stuff. So if you were into like 80s action films, I mean, this is very much picking up the... Um, the mantle of these these eighties action films and continuing them into into the future and honestly, it's one of the better films that's out. I mean, there's a lot of bullshit out that doesn't involve dogs ripping people's nuts off or dudes getting shot in the face. And you know, you got guys like the supporting cast is again great. All, all of the John Wick films, it's really kind of surprising how they've become known for their supporting cast. I mean, they've brought these A list actors in. Some of them are Academy Award winners. I'm looking at you, Halle Berry. They bring them in, and they're not cameos because the characters have entire scenes and sequences and and tons of dialogue and and a lot of um, a lot of activity with regard to the the plot. But um, 
again, stellar uh, supporting cast with with uh, Donnie Yen. I mean, if you recognize Donnie Yen's name, then uh, kudos to you. You've probably seen the Ip Man films. He's amazing. He's an incredible martial artist. He's uh, made a ton of really great films, both in Hong Kong as well as here in the States. He's been in several American films, too. He does all his own dialogue, and his English is great. you got to hand it to Donnie Yen because... Uh, his English is a fuck ton better than old Jet Li's or Jackie Chan's. Um, Donnie Yen, really, you could tell he cracked the books and he got his English good, just right. So um, he's great. He's sort of, um, I don't know, is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? He's like sort of this anti-hero. Is he going to help John Wick? Does he admire John Wick? Is he trying to kill him? Not like Mark Dacascos' character in, in episode three. A little bit of a departure from Mark Dacascos. Mark Dacascos was like a, a fanboy, but also trying to kill John Wick. Um, and a little bit deluded about his um, chances, you know. He ended up putting a putting up a pretty good fight. But as you as you know, if you've seen John Wick three, he took him out in the end. This is a little bit of a different dynamic, um, and, and you can tell that Donnie Yen is is ah, he does a great job with the role. He doesn't have a whole lot to work with. It's just kind of, you know, it's not not much of a role, but he does a great job. Um, he plays actually a blind assassin, so. We get sort of that uh, 1980s, 1970s Zatoichi sort of vibe from the guy because he's this blind assassin, and yet he's extraordinarily capable. And they do a really wonderful job of of showing him in the situations that he's in, fighting against guys and trying to avoid them. And again, it's like sort of like a superhero. I mean, he's like a daredevil, right? He's still, despite being blind, he's still able to like take on 10 dudes who are all shooting at him. But he does it in really ingenious ways, and you can tell that he does little things. I mean, Donnie Yen really does a great job of being blind. I mean, he's not he's not always looking. Sometimes he's like leaning his head because he doesn't he doesn't need to see. He needs to hear, and he'll feel things. And you can see when he's feeling something. You know, he's trying to see if it's hot or not. He's trying to see if it's good. So he really does a great job, and really sold me on the idea that he was blind. Um, <clears throat> Hiroyuki Sonata is in this film as well. Uh, I first saw him in a film called Twilight Samurai about. 15, 16, 17 years ago. Um, if you haven't seen Twilight Samurai, that's an excellent film. You you should go check. I highly recommend Twilight Samurai inside my John Wick 4 review. I highly recommend Twilight Samurai, but uh, uh, Hiroyuki Sanada is the the main character in in Twilight Samurai here, he plays a um, another concierge of one of the continental film uh, uh, hotels in Osaka, Japan, and uh, John Wick travels to see him at one point, and he's an old friend of John Wick's, and as you can as you can tell from a Japanese stereotype, he's a very honorable, very honorable man, very honor bound and duty bound, and um, uh, you know every Japanese stereotype you can think of. Pretty good with the samurai sword too. So every Japanese stereotype you can think of. But honestly, he's great. He's an excellent supporting character. Uh, his daughter, he trained her up just like I'm gonna train my daughters up, and she kicks a motherfucking ass, um, and in, in a good way too. And in, in you know, again, without spoiling anything, you know, there are uh, fight scenes involving his daughter and his daughter is fighting, but she doesn't go like John Wick. I mean, there's, she goes up against 250 pound guys. And, um, in some films, particularly superhero films, Captain Marvel, I'm looking at you, the, the girl's 125 pounds and yet she's able to like fight against and, and like overpower with like brute strength, uh, a guy who's double her, her size and um, that doesn't really work in the real world. There's a reason why there's weight classes in the UFC, dog. I mean, even amongst even man-to-man fighting, 
we got to still stick to our weight classes because if you're a hundred pounds outside of your weight class, chances are you are going to get fist fucked to death. So, um, you know, they're smarter than that with the staging uh, and the martial arts choreography because they don't have her go after these guys head on and, and like all of her 120 pound, you know, 24 year old Japanese girl body mass up against a uh, 300 pound uh, fucking former linebacker who's wearing bulletproof Kevlar suit. And they really show how kind of clever and ingenious she is. And she utilizes um, things that would be uh, like a physical strength of, of 120 pound Japanese woman. Of course, she's young. She's very fast. She utilizes that speed, the flexibility. And so, you know, even the fight scenes are, are really uh, quite well done because of how um, thoughtful they are about about how each character sort of deals with the, the um, dilemma of uh, 10 dudes wanting to fuck them up uh, really, really bad. So I got to say, go out and check this movie out. If you've made it this far on the podcast, if you've listened to me for the last 25 minutes, chances are good uh, that you're into this type of film, that we agree that this type of movie is entertaining. Again, not my top 10 favorite films, but the John Wick franchise does always deliver. If you're in the mood for a movie, you want to crack a beer and eat a little popcorn and and, uh, kick your feet up and watch a movie that doesn't require too much brain power to figure out the plot line of, and you get to watch some really... Uh, wonderful photography and some really well-staged fight scenes. I got to say, uh, go out and see it. I think at 96%, John Wick 4 is rated a little high on Rotten Tomatoes. I wouldn't put it quite at 96, but I think it deserves a 90 at least. Um, it's better than John Wick 3 in my personal opinion. I would put it higher than John Wick 3. John Wick 3, I couldn't stand that adjudicator lady. The non-binary actress, actor, actress, I don't need, I'm, I'm probably, I'm fucking that whole thing up and now I'm a bigoted shitlord uh, for even attempting to talk about this person. I'm trying to do it right, guys, I swear. Uh, they go by they, them. I know that she's a non-binary actress. They, they're a non-binary actress. Fuck. But I couldn't stand her in that film. Her character was awful. It was terrible. She was terribly written. Anytime, any movie where one of the characters says amuse-bouche and that's like part of one of their pieces of dialogue. I hate even saying it myself. I hate hearing it. I, I didn't like John wick three as much. I thought that was a step down. This one's tied up with two. I still think one is probably the best because it's novel. You go into one, not really knowing what to expect and you get a nice surprise. This one, uh, not as novel because we've seen three John wick films leading up to this, but very, very solid. I'd put it up there with John wick two. It just in terms of, um, you know, great characters, great acting. Um, I mean, Bill Skarsgård is the bad guy. Again, he's a wonderful baddie. He does this uh, god-awful French accent the whole time. And it's honestly, I, I just want to hear him talk like that more because uh, it's a great French. It's god-awful. It's really hammy and over the top. But it, like in a good way, I don't know. It's like a really rich dessert. Like it's probably a little too much, but you like it anyway. Anyway. Guys, uh, go check the movie out. Tell me what you think. Uh, shoot me an email. At me on Twitter, at Jason Almy, A-L-M-E. Hit me up. Shoot me a DM. Fucking email me. Jason.Almy at teamalmy.com. I don't give a fuck. Tell me what you thought. Tell me if I'm wrong and the movie sucked dick and, um, I don't know, you want me to give you $5 out of my wallet and that'll make it better. I don't know. Holler at me. Peace. Let's try that again.